Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter, where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. So in this week's episode, I have a very good friend of mine, Todd Harrell, on the call who is going to share with us a very entertaining story from this past turkey season. It's kind of a long story so we're going to jump right into it. I hope you guys enjoy it and I'll see you on the other side. Tonight I have Todd Harrell with me and Todd is one of my real good friends. We actually grew up together all the way through elementary school, junior high, high school together and for some strange reasons he's still friends with me today. And Todd and I actually learned turkey hunting together. We didn't have anybody to teach us how to turkey hunt other than the gobbler running around in the woods. It seemed to have shamed us every single weekend that we hunted at the time. But yeah. over the years, we got taught some we, lessons the hard way. We definitely did. <laughs> over the years, we managed to find one stupid enough to get in the back of a turkey vest and or riding the back of a pickup truck back to camp with us and we gleaned those lessons and hung on to them and added on to them and have gotten to the point to where we realized that we gave the turkeys way too much credit in life and they don't have all the superpowers that we thought they had that's right they ain't magic they're not magic so i've got todd with me on the on the call tonight because i want todd to share a very interesting turkey hunt that he had this spring and it's really a funny story and i wanted todd to share that with us tonight so todd thanks for coming on the call we'll give us a little introduction to the characters in this in this story and then just jump right on in and and tell us what happened all right last spring well i was hunting with my nephew ethan harrell and ethan is 12 years old and has, has really embraced turkey hunting, really wanted wanted to learn it, and has enjoyed it, and hunts with his daddy most weekends, which Eric has, has done a great job teaching him woodsman skills and, and, and things like that. And, you know, he, he's just he's really done a good job with him. And, and Ethan's got patience, and, and he's got smarts, and... and 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 the most important thing that you know that, that we all have is he has has a, a passion for it. Right. So this was probably I don't know third week in the season. Still pretty early. Trees hadn't completely budded out yet. But I mean, it wasn't opening weekend or anything. But it's probably third. Or, it may even been the fourth weekend. I can't remember exactly. But 
And we had a late spring this yeah. year, just like most countries. So, yeah. yeah, the fourth week of season for us here in a normal year, you just about have to have a machete to get through the woods. But yeah. this year it was not that way. It wasn't that way. And, and it was pretty, um, you know, still relatively open. And we had had a, a really serious storm a day or two before. Most of the creeks were out of the banks and really made getting around in the springtime woods not difficult, but some of the, the creek crossings it's normally used, you may have to go somewhere else. So that morning... Instead, we had a guest down at the club with us, and and the night before we talked about it and decided that Ethan's daddy, Eric, would take the guest hunting and our buddy, John, and then Ethan would go with me. So mm-hmm. we went over across the property. We're, we were hunting in uh, West Alabama, down south of Tuscaloosa, almost to the Mississippi line in, in Greene County. So we were went over to the other side of our property where we had decided the night before to go hunt and everything. And as luck would have it, like I was alluding to earlier, there was a big storm and the creeks were out of the bank and banks and we couldn't get where we wanted to go the way we wanted to go. So we had to park farther away and we had to cut through the woods and come to a, a, a flatter spot where we could get across the creek. And we were probably a quarter of a mile from where we normally cross the creek, up up the creek so we could get across yeah. it and then we were walking and then we just had to basically instead of walking roads we just cut right through the woods on the way up there to where the ridge we were trying to get to to listen normally there's a, a road that goes up the ridge it's easy walk and and you know you got a 12 year old kid with you and then you want to make it as easy as possible but we had to you know walk through some brambles and and stuff and get up there well about just after we crossed the creek and started up this pretty relatively steep slope for what we have down here. I mean, you know, people in Tennessee wouldn't think it was a slope, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> we was going up and came into a, a tall stand of pines. And so because we had to walk out of our way, we were a little bit behind schedule. And I'll be dang if a, if a, a, a bird, a turkey, didn't come flying out of a tree right as we walked under it. And uh, couldn't tell what it was or anything like that. It was just one, one bird, and it took off, and it flew away from us. So... You know, it happens. Happens every week. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you know, ain't much you can do about it. So we walked on up to the road that we were, would have gone to, kind of backtracking to where we wanted to be to start listening. Got up there and hooted and carried on, didn't hear anything, and walked down this ridge road away from where the turkey had spooked. And we walked down there probably a quarter of a mile or so, and you know, we're hooting and crow calling and, you know, just trying to shock something into goblin or whatever. And yeah. Just taking it easy. We hadn't roosted anything night before or anything like that. And and it was it was a good, clear morning, you know, high-pressure morning after a storm had come through, you know, bluebird morning. So we was just walking along. We were, me and him were having a, a really good time just talking and just, just spending time with a kid in the woods. And Ethan is, is one of these kids that's just kind of a sponge. He will soak up everything and don't mind giving you his opinion on what he thinks is happening and made a kind of a big loop around the, the top of the hill there and we were kind of backtracing where we'd come come from earlier that morning and we were walking along and and as we were walking along with i hadn't made a call in probably 30 minutes and we were just walking along and i heard a turkey gobble just cow, right that right in front of us mm-hmm. and i stopped i said did you hear that he said what i said that turkey gobble. <laughs> he said no i didn't hear it I said, listen. And still, without me doing anything, the turkey gobbled again. He gobbled out there. sounded like he was, I don't know, 
two or three hundred yards away. So he, we weren't right on top of him or anything like that. And right. and so he still didn't hear it. I said, you didn't hear the turkey go? No. I said, well, I did. So we eased up the road just about, I don't know, 50 or 60 yards, and there was a bend in the road that right behind us, there was a bend right in front of us. So the turkey was going to have to walk within shooting range to get around the bend to see us. And it wasn't like a long stretch. It was 300 yards long where he could stand at the end of it and see. So we got in a good spot. That you know, one of the first keys to it. And so set up on the side of the, the uh, of the road, and it was a relatively wide road. It was probably two trucks could have passed each other in the road because they had just done some logging in there. It was a very nice, real finished road. And so we, we kind of got in on the side, and they brought a bulldozer there, and so the, the edges of the road were, were elevated. And so we got up there and got situated and everything, and I hadn't gotten a call out yet. And... And I'm saying 100% sure that Ethan even believes me at this point. There really is a turkey. And so I'm well, saying, are you are you believing it, though? Because, no, I know it. I know, know there's a turkey there. I've, I've heard him gobble twice. That, all right. Well, that's 12-year-old ears versus 40-something-year-old ears. And yep, I know. That, that'll make a question. All those years of, of rock and roll music you've been listening to. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's right. <laughs> but uh, the um, but I, I knew there was a turkey there. So. So we got set up. I got Ethan set up in front of me, and I'm sitting probably, I don't know, 10 or 12 feet behind him. And my gun's just laying on the ground. And and he's set up. And it was so funny. And, I mean, these are the, the lessons that you and I learned. We don't know how long it's going to take for this turkey to come in there. And, and, we, and I've coached him on either get a good prop on your knee or if you can, get a good prop on a tree, like on a fork right. or something, you know, just something so your gun ain't waving around in, in the air. So Ethan gets gets a prop on on a tree that's about as big around as a nickel, and he, <laughs> he sets his gun up on top of it. Well, he don't know. You're really looking at it, and and his gun's sitting on it. And well, the the it's a little sweet gum sapling, and it's just flopping in the breeze. I'm like, Ethan, you can't. That that won't work. He's like, yeah, what? Like waving a, a flag. A flag, in the air and, yeah. Hurt. You know, because yeah. there's three inch leaves on this tree. You know, and, and I'm like, that won't work. He's like, what? And I'm like, move over there and sit on that stump right there and get where you can shoot down the road. He's like, okay. And so he finagles and moves around and, and, and gets set up and everything, gets his gun set up where it's pointing down the road good. And so everybody's set. You ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Everything's good. Yeah. All right. You ready? All right. Here we go. So got a call out. Just had a slate call. It wasn't any, you know, anything. And just pulled it out and clucked, clucked. He hit hard. He hurt him that time. And he learned another lesson because he turned around and looked at me and said, I hurt him. I said, be still. I know you hurt him. Relax. Ethan is, is, you know, can be excitable. And Ethan is his daddy's son, and and he gets it it legitimately. And, you know, that's a genetic trait on his part. And so it's like, all right, so just relax. Watch down the road. Okay. So the turkey's got to get within probably 50 yards of us before he can even see down the little stretch of road to world because we're in a you know in a good spot. So sitting there and I called again and, and and he cut me off and he was closer. So I set my call down and did not make another turkey sound at that point. So I'm sitting up there and and I'm behind him and then all of a sudden I see that white head pop up coming around the bend and he's. He's moving. He's not running, but he's moving, 
He's looking, yep. moving his head around, you know, just periscoping around and looking and looking. And he's, you know, like I said, he's probably 50 yards away at this point. And he's looking around and he's looking around and he don't see anything. Well, this old gobbler comes up and then, and he jumps up on the same side of the road up on the high spot that we're on. Yeah, and he comes walking down. You know, not really walking fast. You see, he'll take a, a a step or two, and he'll look, and he'll peck around a little. And he'll look, and I, the only thing I can think of is, is that he thinks that that hen has walked back around the corner behind us, back down the road away from us. And so, slowly but surely, he keeps coming along. But he's not in the middle of the road. He's on the side, on the edge of the road, looking around the bend. Now, that, and I probably. Me and other people that hunted it had probably scared him three or four times that year coming around the, the corner, and he he's learned to stand right there by the edge of the road and look down the right. you know and cut them corners so that he can see. So he's easing on down there, you know he's he's not spooked or anything like that. He's just looking for that hen, and you know and and then all of a sudden he's he's at probably forty yards or so and he gobbles, man. He about blew blew our hats off. I mean he's pow he tore it up, and so. I'm just sitting there watching him and, and, and watching him. And then he'll kind of, he's walking through some weeds and brush and stuff, and so you're not seeing the every minute of it. He's not strutting in full strut down the middle of the road like they'll sometimes do. Right. He's, he's looking. So he's easing along and easing along. And then he gets to about, he gobbled probably three, maybe four times between the first time we saw him and, and he got real close to us. And he's walking on the side of the road. I'm like, all right, he's in range. He gobbled. He's still in range. He's getting closer and he's getting closer. And I'm watching. You know, I'm sitting right behind him and I'm watching Ethan and I'm thinking, when's he gonna shoot this turkey? Because I mean, I'd have done shot him three times. <laughs> and and so, and I can see him breathing heavy. And and, and I'm like, when is he gonna shoot this turkey? And I just said, shoot him. And I don't know if he heard me or whatever. Turkey's still getting closer and getting closer. He stands. It's like he turkey standing on his tiptoes, looking up there. And then right then, I was like, "Man, you should have shot him," because he's at about thirty yards now. Now he's shorter than me, so maybe he just can't see him at this point. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. So he gets in about probably maybe twenty five, twenty two yards, something like that. And I'm like, "Shoot him!" And so he didn't. Turkey's still coming. He gobbled one last time. I mean, right on top of us. He thinks uh, now. I know he 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 believes that that hen has walked off behind us, and mm-hmm. I mean, he is like in our laps. And so he keeps coming, he keeps coming, and Ethan is. I mean, he is literally vibrating. So I know he's seeing this turkey. You know, I mean, <laughs> he, he's just. You know, he, he's he's not really moving, but I mean, you can just see the tension in his body. Yeah, and, and and so finally the turkey literally gets within 15 steps of us and does his stands on his tiptoes again look at him and finally went shooting about that loud and boom and he shot and the turkey rolled over and he rolled down into the muddy road from where we'd had all the rain and everything and now the turkey is I mean literally he had gotten so close that Ethan's pattern probably wasn't much bigger than a softball out there. Yeah, shooting and 12 gauge. Shooting 12 gauge. And, you know, but he's literally, the thing, turkey's at 15 steps. And and I know his pattern was tight. 
And so now the turkey is, is clearly mortally wounded, but he's bouncing up and down, just flopping on the ground and everything. So as soon as he shot, I jumped up and went running over there to stand on his head to, uh, to get in. And he's flopping all in the, in the ground and everything. And there's a bunch of commotion going on, you know, and I, I didn't even pick up my gun. I knew the turkey wasn't going anywhere. He, he was clearly dead. But I wanted to yeah. stand on him before he beat all his feathers off of him. So I got running over there and and stood on his head. I beat Ethan to him. He stood on his head. And I'm standing there. I was like, way to go, man. And Ethan jumps up. Now, you got to remember, this is a 12-year-old kid, right? He is so jacked up and excited, he cannot hardly breathe. And he jumped up. And he looked at me, and he pointed at that turkey, and he said, that motherfucker's dead. <laughs> and I started laughing so hard I couldn't stand it. And he come running over there, and we're giving each other high fives and back and <laughs> forth and, uh, you know, giving him a hug and all, you know. He's like, way to go, man. And I was, I, could, I was like, holy crap, I know he didn't look, I know he don't know he said that. And uh, so I'm standing on his head, and, you know, and then we start taking pictures, and, and he's beaming, buddy. I mean, he is flying. Oh, I mean, yeah. you know, he is so excited. So we were uh, we were just having just a hell of a good time and talking, and, you know, he's excited. Got his pictures of him slung over his back and with his fan out and everything. We spent 20 minutes taking pictures and stuff. And it was just, and that wasn't his first turkey, but I mean, it was a very, very exciting hunt. And so we, we put him in his vest and, and, you know, and, and we weren't even going back to truck. It was so early. I mean, we're literally maybe, I don't know, an hour after fly down, you know, and there's still a chance, you know, maybe we can get me a chance to shoot a turkey or whatever. So, and, and it's such a beautiful morning and we're successful now, you know, and, and so the pressure's off and we're just having a good time walking around. And so probably 30 minutes after is all everybody's adrenaline has has passed and everybody's calmed down me and him are, are laughing i said ethan i said I, I need to ask you something bud he's like what it's like uh after you shot that turkey we're standing there and we were running over standing on his head you know what you said to me he said <laughs> he said well, no what i said you looked at me and you pointed right at that turkey and you said that motherfucker's dead <laughs> And I said, he said, no, I didn't say that. I said, you absolutely did. And he said, no, I didn't say that. He said, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I was like, boy, you better watch that mouth. And then it just brought back a lot of memories, how much fun it is to be a 12-year-old kid and, and some of the exciting hunts I've had over the years because, you know, I've, I've sort of felt that way, too. I don't know if I've, you know, expressed it in those exact terms. But, you know, usually my usually my expletives come when I've missed one. But we had a... Uh, we we had a hell of a hunt. It was it was a lot of fun. It was it was something that was extremely exciting. I'm, I'm glad I got to share it with him, and it, it it was a good time. And so we will overlook his transgressions if you know he keeps hunting with us. So. I had the opportunity to hunt with with both him and his dad this spring as well, and I asked him about that after he killed that turkey mm-hmm. when he was hunting with me, and I I said so I asked him. I said, where did you learn? how to talk like that and he looked at me and i'm not 100 percent sure that he's that he's telling the truth but he looked at me and said that his mom taught him <laughs> i'm sure she did but you know i i think it may be uh i'm just gonna say he learned it at football practice yeah well we will say and that 
we will yeah. we, we will blame it on on a uh, on, on the male dominated culture. However, we know the truth. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that the story is great. Just in and of itself because being able to take him and you've been around the kid ever since he was born and uh, for you to be able to take him out hunting and y'all to have a successful hunt even though it's not his first turkey is still just an extremely exciting time i mean heck i can't even tell you how many i've killed it's still exciting for me like like it was the very first one i killed so to take somebody's young out there whether it's their first turkey or not and get them a bird there's just there's not much better than that. It really isn't. Point. You know, and, and the fact of it, that day, he learned some lessons that were, took me and you a long time. Not, maybe not a long time, but took us a lot of errors to learn. And and that's what's so important about, you know, taking little kids hunting to me is don't don't turn it into the Bataan death march and, and run them into the ground and, and make it where it isn't fun for them. Take them out there. You know, if they scare a bird off, so what? It's more about if if those kids can go out there and have some fun, learn a little bit about it, because I guarantee you he learned a couple of lessons that day about turkey hunting that, that that will stick with him over the years that will make him a more successful hunter. Whether it's right. get where the turkey's got to find you, he's got to walk around a bend to be in range to know where you are, which basically means knowing the land. And, and you know, not always you're going to know everything about the land sure. if you're hunting on your place. Take notice of where bins and roads are and, and think about that turkey. You know, he's going to have to walk around here and be in range before he knows that there's not a hen there and then you got him. And then be aware of your surroundings, whether it's um, leaning your gun up on your knee or on a tree or something. Make it where you can swing it back and forth. You know, I mean, how many times have you or I, probably me more than you, have scared off turkeys? I can remember one particular hunt one morning where I swung my gun around and my gun caught on a on a honeysuckle vine and it moved the tree beside me and it scared the turkey off you remember right. we were down there in, in chilton county that time and yeah. you know i mean it's things like that that we learned through trial and error that, that he picked up on that morning because he had somebody there to help him with it it was a, a successful hunt all the way around yeah well speaking of that though what would you say were the one or two things that happened that you did during that that hunt that made it successful that were the keys to that to that particular hunt that morning and every hunt's different to me what made that particular hunt successful was the fact that we didn't take the same way into the woods that we nor- that we always did mm-hmm. now that wasn't anything great tactical planning on my part it simply was the, the we had a big storm the creeks right of the banks we had to walk a quarter of a mile half mile up the road to be able to cross but we came in at a it was a lot further walk and it was not as as accessible as we would normally have done but we didn't do it the exact same way we had done it every every time that year we you know up to that point we had parked in the same spot same time got out walked down to the creek crossed the creek at the same spot walked up the hill right to the to the ridge road and and it, it was this and we had unwittingly i guess you might say fallen into a rut and due to the rain, we went to a, a different area and walked in to this. We were going to the same spot, but we came in a different way. And, and that particular morning, I think it threw a wrench in a turkey's plans because we bumped him out of the tree, which, you know, I mean, I'm not suggesting that you walk through the woods bumping turkeys out of trees, right. but 
it did, I believe, that morning push him away from his hens. I think unwittingly, once again, we came a different route through the woods, bumped that turkey, and he went one way and his hens went the other way. Or his hens didn't go anywhere. They just stayed where they were, and then they flew straight down, and he wasn't there. And yeah. an hour after fly down, he's now getting desperate because I don't know if I'm thinking about the story. We were walking down the road, and I hadn't made a turkey sound in some time, and he gobbled on his own. And I believe that we had bumped that turkey off of his roost, his normal roost. You know, he would have normally flown straight down into those pines, and we we messed up his rhythm as much as, as we messed up our own rhythm that morning, and, and sometimes that's right. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, you got him out of his out of his normal routine and schedule and right. so you you got really you probably ended up getting between him and his hens after fly down and that exactly. that's the, and, and, and always he, the place you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And and he's in in a situation where you know, he's um, you know, he he's he's normally he's got three or four hens with him by this point and and he's done his business for an hour or so and 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 suddenly he's way behind schedule. And now he's getting getting a little bit more desperate or whatever. Now, I'll be the first to admit, none of that was perfect plan. You know, I didn't go in there with that with that game plan in mind. However, I didn't do anything to screw it up either. Yeah. You know. Well, the old um, saying is, "I'd rather be lucky than good any yeah, day." Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and, and and it is one of those things. But you know, I mean, if you've been going into the same spot, the same place, parking the same, you know, I mean, try it a different way. You know, in, instead of walking down the middle of the road, you know, walk through the woods and, and, and cut a corner off or something like that. I just think that the way that turkey acted that morning by jumping up on the side of the road and, you know, coming in slowly and looking and standing up on his tiptoes to look around the corner, because he was convinced there was a hen there. There's no doubt about that. He was trying to see around the second bend to see where she was, because he felt like she had walked around that first bend where we were sitting called to him, and then had walked away from him around that bend. So he came around one bend. He doesn't see her where he thinks she is. Oh, she must have walked around that other one. So it keeps him coming along to look around that second one. So just knowing knowing your territory, knowing where a good place to set up is, and thinking about what the turkey's thinking about. Exactly. Is is, is one of those keys. That yeah. That would have been the ideal setup where you could have called too much. Absolutely. And really keyed that turkey in to where he knows the hen is, mm-hmm. except there's no hen there, it's you, and he doesn't see a hen or, you know, he sees either a blob he getting, or sees nothing. Yeah, and he starts getting a little nervous. He's like, because, you know, turkeys, you know, as we all know, I mean, while they are not magic, however, they can pinpoint sounds better than anything that I've ever been able to. Incredible. And he knew that sitting right there or kind of on the side of the road right there at that particular spot three and a half, four or five minutes ago, a turkey, a hen turkey called to him. He's like, now where is she? Where did she go? And so you absolutely in that situation could have overcalled, you know. It, it was a situation you know, where... He was gobbling on his own. I knew where he was. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do much more than say, hey, I'm over here. Come see me. And, and then just let him come looking. And, and, and you're always more successful when, he, when he's walking and looking than you are when he's standing there going, I, I'm here. You come to me. Right. 
Right. Well, one thing worth mentioning is that you are not the only person who's hunting this property and hunting this land. In fact, the turkeys on this property are concentrated in small areas that still hold timber. Right. Still have timber on them. So yeah, there's some giant this turkeys. On this place, yeah. Yeah, this turkey's seeing pressure, and he's seeing the everyone that hunt, hunted that turkey or had been in there hunting that piece of property had parked their vehicle in the same spot. Yep. They were walking the same roads, walking and calling the same roads. So this turkey, he knows the routine. He's he's what? there every single day. He knows he knows what's going on. So by mixing that up and you coming in from a different direction, I think 100% helped you in that hunt. Yeah. And. Now, you know, he, I, you I know we could have come in, and, and he could have been roosted in a different tree, and he flew the other way and flew onto the neighbor's place, and we'd have just, you know, we'd have just been SOL. There ain't nothing you can do about it. But it worked right. out, and coming in from a different direction and just walking through the middle of the woods and not necessarily walking specifically down down the middle of the roads like we always do contributed to, to that turkey getting a free ride in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah. I've got a story where something similar to that happened, and you actually were there when it happened, but you weren't on the hunt. Mm -hmm. And that is when George and I went out hunting one morning. It was the trip around the world, and it was me and you and George at my hunting camp. Mm -hmm. And you hunted on one side of the property, and George and I hunted on another side of the property. Well, we ended up hunting two different sides of the property again completely away from where you were hunting Mm -hmm. but we came in had to cross a a real big creek just to walk back to the camp house because we were on foot and not and as far away from the camp house as we could legally be yeah that's where we ended up so we took a shortcut to the property and walked through a stretch of woods that we never walked through right we would never approach it from that direction from the creek so, you know, across the creek into this stretch of property and struck a turkey. We weren't calling. Mm-hmm. We he were heard just something walking, walking through, the through the woods. And yeah. y'all heard him drumming that morning or something, didn't you? Well, uh, no, I don't even think we didn't we didn't hear that turkey at all until we had crossed the creek, gotten back up into the woods, and we're we're not hunting. I mean, right. we y'all were really on the way back. Yeah, we're on a on a we are on the rattan death yeah. march back to the camp house. Right. It is 12:30 in the afternoon and it is probably 90 degrees and I'm hungry and I am literally soaked not only from crossing the creek but being drenched from sweat and I'm ready to get back to the camp house and change clothes and get me a nap for yeah, 30 minutes or an hour. Yeah. And that turkey just us walking from the creek Towards where he was in the dry leaves, he just gobbled, and you know we ended up calling that turkey in and killing him. But mm-hmm. I'm convinced, had we come in from the other direction from the camp house towards that turkey, we would not have done any good with that because he's seen that routine a thousand times. Absolutely. And if I remember correctly, he's a pretty decent turkey. Yeah, so I do remember that three or four year old turkey. Yeah, uh, big old hook on him. Yeah, he had seen that that routine a bunch so mm-hmm. mix it up if you can that's always a great strategy coming from a different direction it works deer hunt with deer hunting yeah it works with turkeys too um yeah because i'm 100 percent convinced that that the the game and the wildlife they're things that we're pursuing get to the point where they pattern us as much as we pattern them mm-hmm. 
and uh, they're a whole lot more perceptive of what we're doing than what than we are of what they're doing. Yes, and, exactly uh, right. You know, if a deer walked through your living room, you'd probably notice it. Or you walking through the deer or the turkey's living room, he notices it too. It's yeah. just one of them things. Yeah, so, and they they get used to hearing the calling coming from the same roads. Yeah, all the time, and and so they they know the routine without a doubt. Well, man, I appreciate you taking time out of the evening to. Do oh, call yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell the story and and share. Well, I hope we have a couple more well. this year that uh, that that we can uh, that we can share again because we got a million yeah. of them that, over the over the years where where you and I have uh, and and all of our buddies have have <laughs> had some funny stories and some and some some different experiences over the time. That is so true, and that's one thing that keeps it interesting is that we like to have a good time and I can't think of anything that we do where we have a better time than turkey hunting and mm-hmm. we've got some just we've had some hilarious stories yeah I mean, we really have and you know with all the the trips that we've been on and and all of the times that we've hunted together just some the, some the next story you need to tell is, is about um the one that where uh, I threw out my back Oh, broke back mountain turkey. The old broke back mountain turkey. So uh, yeah, we save that until maybe the next time or something. But uh, yeah, we maybe we'll do that here in the next couple of months and tell that story. And we've gotten into the habit of naming turkeys after we kill them. Yeah, not naming turkeys before we That's kill right. them, just because of that. What I always say: don't name them. That's you right. Make them superhuman if you do it. That's right. But uh, anyway, yeah, we'll do broke back mountain turkey before too long and. Man, I I do appreciate it. Enjoy hunting with you all these years and appreciate your friendship. Have a great evening. You too. Tell the family I said hello. I'll do it. All right. Be good. Good night. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as Todd enjoyed telling the story. You can tell from his voice that he's very passionate about the sport, very passionate about getting youths involved in turkey hunting, and you can tell he just had a really great time on that hunt. And I venture to say every single one of us listening to the story would have had the same amount of fun that he had. So thank you guys for tuning in. I know you have choices. I appreciate you spending time with us, and I hope you have a great week. See you next week. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.